the New England Patriots once again find themselves at the center of controversy over a meeting? Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. We are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I am your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, thank you for joining me here today. As always, where would I be without all of you everydayers out there? You Locked On loyalists, those of you who make Locked On Patriots possible, honored and humbled by your support. And Pats fans, we have an exciting show for you today. Claire Classy Claire Cooper of A Claire Perspective is back after a two-week hiatus, feeling better and definitely back in the saddle. And Claire and I are sharing our combined top four or what we're calling our Fab Four Patriots on offense. Not going to count the quarterbacks on this one or the offensive line who are vital to success, but we're talking about the top four skill position players, and Claire and I have chosen two apiece. We will share those with you in just a moment. And unfortunately, folks, at the time we recorded, tight end Anthony Ferkser had not been reported as a signing with the New England Patriots just yet. But stay locked into Locked On Patriots because we will be talking about that one tomorrow. And, of course, the unfortunate season-ending injury suffered by linebacker Raekwon McMillan. Stay locked into Locked On Patriots because we will be covering those and more on Friday's show to take you into the weekend. But first, just when you thought they were out, the New England Patriots got pulled back into the tangled web of controversy. And... Yeah, folks, unfortunately, you just can't make this stuff up. Uh, So let's recap what's really been a wild 24 hours for the New England Patriots. After holding their first two OTAs earlier this week, the Pats originally announced on Wednesday they were canceling the third session, and that was scheduled for Thursday. And members of the media were actually supposed to take their first look at the New England Patriots on the field, including several new faces, not just on the coaching staff, but on the roster as well. And as I said yesterday here on the pod, really didn't raise too many eyebrows at first. After all, rescheduling of this type is something that Bill Belichick has done many times before. He's canceled or postponed off-season practices during both voluntary OTA and, of course, mandatory minicamp during several of the years that he's been at the helm here in New England. So case closed, right? Day off for good behavior. And not so fast. On Wednesday night, Mike Reese of ESPN reported that the Patriots were losing two days of organized team activities due to a violation of rules. And this raised an eyebrow or two. And just like clockwork, folks, 
the truly brainless started their Patriots or Cheaters Twitter campaign, but it did start some pretty rampant speculation as to the reason why the Patriots were being penalized for a violation of the NFL offseason rules. Well, on Thursday morning, details started to emerge that created and shed some light on the situation. In short, the actual infraction took place in the meeting room, not on the field, as a lot of people had expected. Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio was the first to shed a little bit of light on this. And quoting Mike directly here, per a source with knowledge of the situation, it was a meeting violation. An observer from the NFL Players Association believed that one of the optional early offseason meetings was a violation because the 15-minute meeting in question, which was a special team session, was made visible on the internal schedule. In the opinion of the NFLPA, placing the meeting on the formal schedule converted it from optional to mandatory. But the story is not done yet, folks. Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard additionally indicated that the Patriots were actually being docked a little bit more than just the two practice sessions. Head coach Bill Belichick, a little lighter in the wallet after this one, fined $50,000 the team's transgression. And Greg's report led a little bit more insight as to what was going on and specifically mentioned Patriots special teams coach Joe Judge. And I'm quoting Greg's piece directly here on Boston Sports Journal. At the heart of the matter, coach Joe Judge conducted special teams meetings that caused offense and defense players to be at the facility longer than their maximum four hours permitted during phase two of the club's program. But wait, folks, there is even more. The Athletics' Jeff Howe uncovering a bit more on the situation, reporting that the Patriots had posted a schedule of voluntary special teams office hours to let players know when coaches would be available and if the players were interested in dropping by for a meeting. This was according to Jeff's source from The Athletic. An NFLPA representative noticed the posted schedule during a routine visit to the facility and informed the team the schedule could give off the impression that the office hours could be mandatory. According to league rules, all off-season workouts and meetings are voluntary. So we're talking about interpretation of rules. We're talking about meetings that were optional yet not optional. A lot of wordsmithing going on here. But bottom line, folks, the NFL determined that the violations occurred on May 1st, May 2nd, May 4th, and they centered around those special teams workshops, word used by the league, not by me, folks, uh, conducted by Joe Judge. And the league did note that the Patriots have complied fully with the situation and that essentially all is okay. The Patriots will take the two days off on Thursday and on Tuesday, and they'll return to the field on Wednesday. So as of Thursday afternoon right now, media access to New England's OTAs has been postponed until Wednesday. Another session going to be open to reporters on June 8th. Bottom line, all of this ultimately cost the Patriots two OTAs once again on May 25th and on May 30th and left Belichick with a pretty hefty five-figure fine. So that's what we know at this point. And I want to give a little tip of the cap and nod to the gods to Mike Reese, to Mike Florio, Greg Bedard, Jeff Bow for playing patchwork and helping the story make some sense. So, of course, folks, as always, Stay locked into Locked On Patriots for the very latest on the situation. And just for all of the trolls that you might be encountering out there, they're going to continue to take the light in yet another Patriots cheating scandal. Folks, this was not cheating. Let's make this clear. It was not a cheating scandal. It was a rules violation. Several teams have had them in recent years. 
I know a lot of fan bases, some of which I'm about to mention, love to pigeonhole the Patriots. But bottom line, folks, New England joins the Dallas Cowboys in 2021 and 2022, the Chicago Bears in 2022, Houston Texans in 2022, San Francisco 49ers back in 2021, as well as the Jacksonville Jaguars a couple of seasons ago. They've all been fined and or docked OTA days for violating offseason rules. If you think the Patriots are the only ones getting whistled for violations, you're being naive and you're probably just watching things through a hateful Foxborough lens. It's a bigger story with the Patriots. And the reason why it's a bigger story with the Patriots is basically because of hastily reported misinformation. You all know what I'm talking about from Spygate to Deflategate. It's just misinformation that snowballs and gets bigger. And that's exactly what you're hearing here. Any type of hastily reporting, you will not find that here on Locked on Patriots. Pats fans, the illustrious Claire Colazzi Claire Cooper is about to make her illustrious return to Locked on Patriots. We're going to talk Patriots Fab Four on offense when this episode of the Locked on Patriots podcast continues. But first, folks. Today's episode brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All of you green teamers out there, it's still possible. So show your green team pride with FanDuel, because... There is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Lockdown Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, Lockdown Patriots proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, if you notice, it's a little brighter in the studio today. That's because we have the privilege of welcoming back one of our favorites. It's been far too long. We missed her, and we're glad to see her back in action here on Locked On Patriots. Of course, a columnist extraordinaire for Pat's Propaganda and a host of her very own Patriots podcast, A Claire Perspective, brought to you by FPC Patriots. She is the illustrious Countess of Class. Miss Claire, Classy Claire Cooper. Claire, welcome back, and thank you for joining me today from across the pond. No, it's great to be back, Mike. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> as always, and you know, it's definitely, it's our pleasure, our honor to host you as always. And today we've got some great things to discuss. I opened the pod today with rules violations and the postponement mm-hmm. of OTAs. Obviously, we were expecting to talk a little bit more about that heavily, but It also lends itself quite nicely into what we had already planned to speak on today, and that is what I'm calling a Fab Four in terms of New England Patriots players on offense, defense, special teams that really are going to help drive the season. Maybe not the best players in terms of technical skill, but maybe the most important players in terms of enacting what the Patriots need to do. And I thought you'd be the perfect person to join me because obviously Fab Four, Beatles, UK, I thought it would be a nice little tie-in. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a folks. loose link. It's a stretch. Oh, I'm That's kidding. I'm kidding, folks. No, Claire is a great evaluator of talent. That's exactly why we uh, put her in this position 
you know, Claire, we'll set a little ground rules before we go into it first, because obviously the quarterback <laughs> position is the catalyst of the offense. Um, yep. It's going to be that way again this year. Mac Jones, the assumed starter. Bailey Zappi could get a legitimate shot to compete. We'll find out more as we view OTA training camp and obviously, uh, you know, mini camp in between. But they're at the center of any conversation. So we're going to take them out of the equation for the purposes of this mm -hmm. discussion. In that same vein, I put the offensive line. I mean, many people consider that just as important, if not more important. I've said it several times here on Locked On Patriots, and I see a lot of everydayers in the YouTube comments making this same point. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. If they don't get the proper protection, it's not mm -hmm. going to matter, and it's not going to end well. So Patriots making some veteran additions there, a couple of promising rookies. I think they deserve that top spot along with the quarterbacks. But that leaves the skill position players. So, Claire, in that vein, to properly and fully respectfully welcome you back here to Locked On Patriots, <laughs> you will have the first choice, Countess. Who is your first choice to be inducted into the Locked On Patriots Fab Four of New England Patriots offensive players? Well, thank you for letting me go first. And and as you as you mentioned previously, yeah, we've always said, and I mean, we've said a million times actually on the show how it doesn't matter who the you know who's throwing the ball as you said if, mm -hmm. if they're on their butts it doesn't matter who they're throwing it to so yeah the offensive line is always very key which you was like it was a bit sad when you took that out of the equation but still we'll go with <laughs> the pass catchers and and the, and the weapons and things like that so I have to I can't not do this um you all know what is coming next what you might not know is who but you probably have guessed it by now because I've been quite vocal when it comes to my appreciation of this signing and my kind of number one, never mind fab four. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm not in on that. I'm in my number one guy possibly. And that's Mike <laughs> Gusecki because after the initial kind of getting over of the signing of this and the wondering and the concern of have we just removed John o. Smith and inputted another athletic body, that kind of thing. And yes, there is still the risk of that. I fully appreciate that. We were sitting here not very long ago, kind of waiting to see if John o. Smith was going to be this very athletic pass catcher. But I think when it comes to Mike Gusecki, we've seen a bit more of what he will do when it comes to working in New England. And I think that was that was slightly different when it came to Johnny Smith. So, yeah, I've been watching tape. I've looked into this. I've got his stats from the past few years and stuff like that. Not that I'm going to throw stats at you folks, so, you know, don't worry. But, yeah, as if you didn't know, the Patriots signed Mike Gusecki on a one-year, $4.5 deal. And it is only a one-year. And, and this was something that was a bit of contention was, with him on a one-year deal, Hunter Henry on a one-year deal, what you know, what does this mean for the tight end of the future? And we really kind of don't know. But I'm going to look at it as just looking at the present and looking at what we're looking to come up to and what I'm hoping to see this season. And that is plenty of Mike Gusecki. Plenty, folks. I mean, he's a very athletic guy, as I've already touched on. I mean, he was... Um, in the New Jersey, I'm sorry, I'm trying to read my writing here, New Jersey prep state in basketball and volleyball. So, you know, this guy's got some skills when it comes to mm -hmm. that. Five seasons with the with the dreaded Dolphins. But he took a back seat in 2022. And I think that's what he's kind of coming off is not one of his best seasons. And a lot of that is more to do with how the, the Finns were kind of implementing their offense in regards to 
use utilizing um Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle rather than a reflection on Mike Gusecki himself. Personally, that's I mean, other people may dis- disagree, as particularly Finns fans, and I fully appreciate that. But what I've seen and what I've witnessed, it just seems that they're, they're the way that their offense is running. It, it, there just wasn't enough to go around when it included him, not enough mouth to feed. And, you know, fully appreciate that. And that's what happens. And, it, you know, it moves players along and good for us, really, because it means that, it, you know, he was available for the Patriots to pick up. And he's definitely fits a hole that he's needed. Now, you can argue that we know that Mike Gusecki isn't a blocker. There's so many people that will say he's a glorified pass catcher. No, there's no glorified about it. He's a pass catcher. He's an athletic mm-hmm. guy and he's a tight end. I don't right. care what you say. He's a tight end. He's wearing number 88. He's a tight end. Don't take <laughs> this from me, folks. Um, <laughs> he boasts as a deep threat. I mean, he's got yards after the catch ability, but with his athletic ability and with his height being 6'6", you know, he's got the size so he can win catches in regards to that. And there's, there's tape on him jumping significantly you know a lot of contested catches where he can utilize his length uh to really make those grabs and i think that this is what's going to be key and this is what's going to be interesting to watch because yeah you know the patriots haven't got one of the number one offenses so our guys are going to be covered and you know there's right. some there's some quick guys out there so someone like gaseki being able to match up against these you know these players to get those kind of contested catches to be able to utilize his his length as i said i think he's going to be something that's very interesting and i think all i can really i keep hitting it home but it, it's the athletic ability for me it's that and the, and the fact that he's he's a veteran he's been in the system he knows how to use his his skills and he knows how right. to use his size that kind of thing so it, it's good that you're bringing him in with you know, I don't, I don't want to call Mac a rookie, but it kind of feels a little bit like it with the way that he's only had one year because of the whole losing his second year. It feels like he's just off the bat of his first year for me. So it just feels like Mac's still going to grow. And and hopefully with Gusecki's sort of, with his experience, with his time in the NFL and with the, you know, being used to his own, his own skill set. I think it's going to be good that they're bringing something in. And I always hate to use this phrase, but people love the phrase weapons. And I think that although I know he's not, you know, people's number one pass catcher, that kind of thing, I think he might come in and surprise a lot of people and, and plug into the offense, something that a bit of spark that's, that's needed. And that's nothing against him, Henry, you guys know how much I, I love me some Hunter Henry, but I just think with the the slightly difference that, that Gasecki's got in his skill set, in his skies, in his size, sorry, in his athletic ability, I think that's going to be something that they can utilize at Bill O'Brien. You know, he, he's used to that sort of thing, you know, the, the way that they're set up with the two tight ends. And so I think it's just going to be, I, I can't help but get really excited to see this. And that's why he's kind of my, my number one in the Fab Four. As I said, forget Fab Four, it's just number one with Gasecki for me. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you went with Gasecki. And I think he is definitely worthy of induction into this group for the reasons that you've mentioned. I mean, obviously, the Patriots needed to return to 12-man personnel. They need yeah. a viable pass catcher to flank alongside Hunter Henry, someone who is capable of winning battles in the red zone, someone who's yeah. capable of getting contested catches. Mike Gasecki gets them both. He's also yeah. someone that can take reps out of the slot as well. So when you mm-hmm. have that complimentary piece and someone who is as good as a route runner as Connor is as a tight end, you need someone that can win those short yardage battles. Mike Gusecki, I think, is key to this team, and I think he's a great choice. So 
you know, we all know our affection for Hunter Henry. There's no question about it. We've been very vocal about that here on Locked On Patriots. But at the same time, I think Gusecki fills such an important role this season that it was hard to leave him off. So great choice, Claire. And I love it right off the start. And in that vein, you had mentioned that this is kind of like a reset year for Mac Jones. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a reset year for a lot of people on this roster. And that brings me to my first induction, number two on the Fab Four list of Patriots offensive skill position players. And that is wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. And yeah, the Bourne redemption maybe I think is going to be a catchphrase that a lot of people are going to be talking about here in New England. I love Kendrick's game. I have from the time he came in in 2021. And just look at the statistics that he compiled in 2021, folks. 55 passes caught, 800 yards, five touchdowns, played in all 17 games. He was an Iron Man. He was always out there. In the Patriots' lone playoff matchup with the Buffalo Bills, blocked seven catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. He was the only bright spot in that game, folks. Let's face it, that was a pretty dismal memory for the New England Patriots. But Kendrick stepped it up and played very well. He even showed an ability to be a threat in the running game at times. I mean, he's you know, he can carry the ball out of the backfield in that jet sweep, 12 carries, 125 yards. He even tossed a touchdown pass, 25-yarder, first quarter scoring strike to Nelson Aguilar, who is now a Baltimore Raven against the New York Jets in Week 7. So, Claire, if you stack all of that, it was almost a foregone conclusion that Kendrick Bourne was going to come in here and be a real key piece of the New England Patriots offense in 2022. But it just didn't work out. And we've all heard the stories about him falling out of the good graces of the past coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, the problems that he had during the joint practices with the Carolina Panthers showing up late to a yeah. meeting, he got sent home and the relationship just never recovered from there. Uh, when he mm-hmm. did get in the game, he did manage to change the complexity of the offense and he made big plays. I think he can be a versatile weapon for Bill O'Brien. And it's mostly because of his versatility, of the fact that he can do multiple things. He can align in the slot. He can align on the outside. He can win from either alignment. Pretty good physicality for a guy his size that can really help, I think, to give Mac Jones that type of target he's going to need. And the reliability, that respectable level of success that he had with Mac in his first year with the team, I think is really going to work or pay dividends for this team going forward. Bill O'Brien is known for his yards after the catch, You need yards in certain situations, and sometimes the only way to get those yards is on the ground. Claire and I give you our final two choices for the New England Patriots Fab Four of Offensive Skill Positions right here on Locked on Patriots when we continue. Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Locked on Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, we are your team every day. And a special shout out and a tip of the cap to all of you everydayers out there, all of you who make Locked on Patriots possible. Don't forget, tomorrow here on the pod, we are going to continue to break down the Patriots rules violations when it comes to OTAs. We're going to have all the latest on that for you here. We're going to continue to cover that story and much, much more. So stay locked into Locked on Patriots. Make sure you smash that subscribe button and download, subscribe to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, today, as you can see, the illustrious Claire Clasey, Claire Cooper of Pat's Propaganda and a Claire Perspective of Patriots podcast joins me here on the pod. And Claire, in the previous segment, we talked a lot about the New England Patriots and their top four or fab four offensive skill position players. So the 
quarterbacks out of the equation, took the offensive linemen out of the equation, but I think we got a pair of good ones in Mike Gusecki and in Kendrick Bourne, but I know we were excited to talk a little bit about the running game as well, and I want to give the ball back to you at this point. It is your selection. (laughs) Who gets the third corner of that Patriot square when it comes to the Fab Four of offensive skill position players for your New England Patriots? Well, because I couldn't go tight end again, um, I had to kind of, I thought I'd mix it up and I'd go for running back because running back isn't necessarily a topic I often sort of deep dive into. And it's it's not kind of for the want of not to. It's just a case of I'm always so focused on tight ends and offensive lines. You, you know, mm. I'm, I'm very an O-line kind of girl. So I thought <laughs> the, the key that I wanted to do um, when you put these two in regards, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going running back. And I'm doing some deep dive into running backness. Um, and the one thing that popped up to me that I, I thought was kind of, it feels like a little bit of maybe kind of like a boom or bust because mm-hmm. this guy has been signed. So I'm talking about a veteran that has been signed. Um, and I think we're going to see this and it's either going to be great or it's going to be really not so great, I think. And and I, and I that's James Robinson. Now, the guy was an undrafted free agent in 2020 and he went to the Jags and he made history by becoming the first undrafted running back to start in week one of a season. And I think that really just reflects on how good this guy, this this potential that he had um, and, and what he kind of brought to the table. He's a very powerful running back. Now, the one thing that, not to kind of allude to who you're going to be choosing, but the, the one thing is the Patriots do have a powerful running back. However, he can't carry the team. And I think that the addition of James Robinson might be bringing something to the table, bringing some strength. Now, I'm still looking at this and, and I'm still mildly curious as to kind of the why, you know, Damien Harris went out and James Robinson came in and I'm still not quite so sure on that one. But in regards to this, I mean, at the combine, he scored a 5.65. Um, he was a candidate for a bottom of the roster in practice squad. And, and as I said, he, he made the roster for the Jags in 2020. The one thing to sort of really take into consideration in regards to that, before I kind of look at his stats for you, because I don't want to throw loads of stats at people because I, I really try not to do that. But he went to a team who technically then had a year of tanking. So for him to bring up good numbers really says for his skill set, because, you know, the Jags in 2021, you know, really weren't sort of looking at sort of really making it. And under the, you know, the guys of Urban Meyer and stuff like this, it's, it doesn't doesn't feel great for the kids. So I, I feel like he had a bit of a rough start when it came to it. But I mean, he has suffered injury. And this is why the Patriots kind of, I don't want to say got him cheap. That feels really, really mean, but it's, it's technically the <laughs> truth. Um, in regards to that, he had an ankle sprain in December 2020. Um, in October 21, he suffered a bruising to the heel. And then in December 21 is when he had that Achilles tear. And it was kind of, he was sort of out for the season. And I mean, he was battling a knee injury in 2022. So the one thing, this is why I said the boom or bust thing, because it really feels like, there's this there's a really good chance that in that his injury may have hindered him and that's the worry because he looks like a very violent style of back you know in between the tackles kind of thing he's got passing game experience which which gives him the positives and he's got a powerful run so is it a case of that they see something in this guy you know what he has done in regards to his stats and stuff like that he had an amazing first year but the thing is that his first year then is bookended by the injuries and that's something that mm. 
can always be really significant when it comes to running backs, but it it's also significant in regards to the fact that the way that they play. A running back, we know, is renowned to be a position that is kind of volatile and injury prone and you get a lot of running backs. Well, running backs get sort of red-shirted first year and things like that. And, and that's why he made history. And I think that's that was interesting when I read that um, courtesy of, I think it was NFL.com, how that he became the first undrafted free agent running back to start. And that was interesting because it was something that I would never really have thought about. And that feels like it gives him that little bit of kudos of this, this guy has got something and he's got some strength. And it's the sort of thing that Bill Belichick's going to really see, isn't it? And it's just the the concern of if the injury has taken too much out of him. That's why it feels like this is that year of, I feel like this guy could be really great, but there's that huge risk of it being taken out of him in regards to injury and him not being the, you know, him not being the, um, I think it was over a thousand yards that he, that he uh, carried for in 2020. 2021 was 767 so, you know, he's he's put it up there when it comes to numbers. But 2022 is when it started to sort of fall apart after, you know, after the big injury and then battling with the knee. And then he was he went from the Jags to the Jets and things like that. So rockiness has, has sort of befell this guy. And I think that maybe this is a big opportunity. And because of that, because of that in itself, it feels like his year at the Patriots is an opportunity and possibly one of those prove it chip on the shoulder kind of things. So that's why I do feel it's a bit of a boom or bust. I feel like he's, it's either going to be his injury and it's not going to be great, or he's going to really go out there and just rip it to shreds because he wants to prove that he can be the guy that he was, you know, when he was that first undrafted free agent to, to start in week one as a running back and, and that kind of thing. So I'm quite excited. This is why he was in my fab four, the sort of thing was, because I'm excited to see it was less of what I know and more to do with potential and what I am excited for, which is why he hit my list. He is an unknown entity for the Patriots right now. Um, As I suppose a lot of them are, because as you said, we've only just touching OTAs and things like this. There's no pads. There's nothing real to, to really evaluate. So he is very unknown. And that's part of why he was, he was put on mine because I'm thinking, I'm looking at this thinking, we could have a really good gem here. Bill Belichick could have done the really sort of got his value for money again when it comes to running back. So chess versus checkers, as I always say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think he actually did with James Robinson as well. Look, I think there's a theme here in terms of the players that we've taken and maybe like reclamation project or things of that yeah. nature or return to prominence, even with Mike Gusecki, mm-hmm. let's face it. Gusecki had not really lived up yeah. to, the previous year's expectations with Miami last year under Mike McDaniel just didn't fit well in his system. Now working with Bill O'Brien, I think he comes out of his shell. Kendrick Bourne, I think, is in a much better environment now to return to the 2021 Kendrick Bourne that we saw rather than the shell of himself that he was in 2022 because of a poor coaching fit. James Robinson, to me, may be the best of all of these examples. And for the reasons that you've said, this kid clearly proved that he can do it. Not only can he do it on the field, but he's shown the determination to be able to do it as well. Coming in as an undrafted Mm -hmm. free agent, working his way to the top of the Jags running back core and becoming the first undrafted rookie free agent running back to really hold a lot of milestones that says a lot about this kid's work ethic and what he's able to do an ACL tear is always going to 
hinder a running back especially because of the, all the cuts all the ways that you need to move it's yeah. just a very tough injury to overcome so in those regards i love the choice of james robinson and i really do think that he is going to be a, a cornerstone of this team this year and for a reason that lends me into my choice for the fourth and final square. <laughs> uh, and I was almost going to ask you, you said not to get into how you're choosing. I was going to say, how do you know who I'm choosing? But <laughs> then I remembered, folks, the clairvoyance. She always I know you, on. Michael. That's it, the clairvoyance. <laughs> she can read me better than the tea leaves, folks. And I have chosen a running back as well, probably to no one's surprise, and I'm going with Ramondre Stevenson. And Look, the Patriots might be having some positional competition and positional battles during mini camp, training camp. Uh, running back's not one of them, folks. Uh, Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson is the guy. And he clearly emerged as the team's top rusher last year with Damian Harris missing a lot of time with injury. 1,040 yards, five touchdowns, averaging five yards per carry in that lead role. He also caught 69 passes for 429 yards and a touchdown as a backfield receiver. And to me, what really I think endeared Patriots Nation most to Ramondre Stevenson was the struggles Mac Jones was having, the struggles that the offense was having. When they needed a spark or any type of offensive output, they typically look to Ramondre to get it. And I think they'll do that hmm. again this year. There's a physical, powerful running style in this kid that I know he'll use, but he also has the vision, the athleticism. He can make tacklers miss in short yardage. And he also has some success with the catch and run. Obviously, 69 passes, 421 yards receiving, that's going to lend itself into his game. But here's the thing, and this is why I'm really glad that you included James Robinson on this list. Ramondre needs help. He absolutely yes. needs help. He needs someone to come in and consistently and reliably help to shoulder that workload. So if reclamation or another RE word is the word for James Robinson, Mike Gusecki, Kendrick Bourne, I think Ramondre's RE word is rest. That's what he really needs in terms of being able to rest and be productive for the remainder of the season. He kind of hit a little bit of a wall in the latter part of the year, and it's mm -hmm. because he was being used too much. It wasn't because all of yeah. a sudden he forgot how to play football, folks. He did. He just was tired, and you can't blame him for that. He played over 66% of the team's offensive snaps last season. That was a dramatic increase from 24.7 in his previous season. So that really, I think, is something to keep an eye on. And just to validate that point, Ivan Fears uh, recently spoke with Six Rings and Things podcast, spoke with our good friend Nick Fitzstevens, and made a comment about Ramondre Stevenson needing that help. And quoting Ivan directly here, I think Ramondre is what we used to call a three-down back, but he's going to need some help. There's not too many backs out there that can play 17 games, and the number of snaps we're talking about with carrying and being healthy and strong at the end of the year, that's just too much, so he's going to need some help. That's where James Robinson becomes a very key part of this team. And that's mm -hmm. where I think he earns his stripes as a member of the Fab Four offensive skill position <laughs> players for the New England Patriots. And folks, what do you think? Did Claire and I hit this nail on the head? What are your favorites? What are your thoughts on the Patriots offensive skill position players? And I'm getting a whole lot of national love, Claire. And, uh, you know, we're um, I think we're biased to our players here in New England. Uh, there's a lot of optimism, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually think it's a very good thing for the New England hmm. Patriots. So drop us a comment in the line below. Let us know what you think 
of the Patriots offense. And remember, folks, sorry to interrupt you, but remember, folks, he didn't let me pink Hunter Henry as well. He specifically told me no two tight ended. So Mm -hmm. just for the record, I had to go with either Gusecki or Hunter. You know, I wanted to go with Hunter as well, really. So please bear that in mind when you when you make a decision <laughs> on what you think. <laughs> I would have put Hunter Henry as well. <laughs> Folks, definitely. If you have any uh, uh, any lament about Hunter Henry not being chosen, direct it at me because it was my fault. But in order to make things right with the Countess of Flaz again, and don't worry, I promised I was going to retire the Billy Zane impression. I'm not going to do it about being <laughs> I am going to say that we will spend a good amount of time chronicling Hunter Henry's role in this offense and what we can expect from him in 2023 very soon here on Lockdown Patriots. So for all you Hunter Henry fans <laughs> out there, we are going to give him his equal time as well. But the purpose of today's conversation, I think that we made some interesting choices at the very least, mm. whether you agree with them or not, you'll let us know. But Countess, do you have any parting thoughts before we take our leave of the subject for the week? No, I think this there's a lot to be excited about there's a lot there's a lot that could potentially go wrong and i hate to say that but there is there's a lot of uncertainty you know for anything from mike gusecki not necessarily clicking in the offense to james robinson being too too injury prone or 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 too kind of um affected by his previous injury but there's also so much to be positive for and there's also so much to look forward to i kind of just want to get through otas because i really want to get to see these guys in preseason and i want to actually see them play football i'm starting to get really impatient now because i want to see what mike gusecki has got when he's in the team when he's part of a game and stuff like that and and the likes obviously of james robinson and kendrick Bourne and and ramondre stevenson as we've talked about so i'm just it it's starting to build now the excitement and the anticipation and, and hopefully the positivity of we've got these. And, and obviously the, the guys that they've drafted, the interest of seeing what they can bring to the team. So it's all the anticipation is starting to build. So yeah, it's just a positive. It's just like, it's just bring me football. Just bring me the football season now. <laughs> well, the league definitely took away a couple of OTAs. So they're making the calendar yeah. go by a little bit quicker <laughs> on that regard, but, Uh, Well, not really, folks. They took away the OTAs. They didn't take away the days themselves. So we still have to get through them. But I agree with you. Mini camp and train camp cannot come fast enough, folks. We're going to continue to bring you all the coverage you can handle here on Locked On Patriots. So stay locked in. If you're not an everydayer yet, folks, you're going to want to become one because we are going to give you boots on the ground coverage as soon as we're able to get to Gillette. And it will be definitely a lot of fun to watch this team in action on the field. But in the meantime, please continue to stay locked into Locked On Patriots. And, of course, you can catch my illustrious co-host today here each and every week on Locked On Patriots. Claire, before I let you go, uh, please let everyone know where they can find you, what we can expect coming from the great pen, the great voice of Claire Cooper. As, as you mentioned in the intro, yeah, a Claire Perspective, a Patriots podcast brought to you by fullpresscoverage.com. As it's the off-season, I generally switch from a weekly thing to kind of a fortnightly thing. However... Because I the stuff that I want to talk about, um, there was an episode last week with the beloved Andy Hart of WEI. And fingers crossed I will bring you an episode the end of this week as well that will be just myself, just kind of chatting on what's gone on with the schedule. Maybe my lovely assistant shudders will, will join me as well. So I have put um, a message out there for mailbag and stuff. So thank you to everyone who was, who was sent in. So yes, there'll be another episode, hopefully, coming to you shortly. And then I'll be back next week with a guest, hopefully. So 
as I said, it's the off season, but I'm trying to bring you plenty of content still. But you will get a clear perspective fortnightly, at least while it's the off season, at least fortnightly. And yes, keep an eye on Pat's propaganda. We're, we're trying to work some things out in the in the background to kind of get ready for the season. So I know we're not giving you a lot of kind of off season coverage at Pat's propaganda. It's because we're busy trying to sort of sort things out and work things out to to get ready for the season. So and with time passing us by, we've kind of struggling a little bit to kind of get it in place. So please be patient with us, but please keep your eyes on patspropaganda.com because we will be bringing you content. And as soon as the season starts, we hopefully have got some new and exciting things for you. So please don't not bookmark that on your on your web browser and stuff like that. So keep an eye on patspropaganda.com. And obviously E2G Sports Network brings you one Patriots place with myself most weeks <laughs> and Murph every week. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, folks. I've always said when Claire puts pen to paper or voice to microphone, you'll find it on the Bird app. Definitely subscribe, read, absorb. You'll be a better football fan. You'll be more entertained. What more can you ask for? And of course, don't forget to stay locked in daily to Locked On Patriots. Patriots for the latest from Foxborough on your New England Patriots. And Claire, it is always an honor, always my privilege to have you join me on the microphone. So thank you for joining me here today. But most of all, folks, thank you all for continuing to make Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. Don't forget, tomorrow here on the pod, we will continue to dive into the very latest from New England Patriots OTAs and what it means moving forward as the Patriots try to get through their third and final phase and head into mandatory minicamp coming up in just a couple of weeks. All that and more right here on Locked On Patriots. So stay locked in, and in the meantime, continue to stay safe, stay well, and be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Patriots.